This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a big show, a real big shoe. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today, no guests, no headlines, just Joe and OG breaking down the Stacking Benjamin's Creed. What is the creed, you ask? Oh, sit back, relax, and get ready to have some fun because the SB Creed showcases all of our values and the methodologies of how we run this podcast. You know, so you might even learn something once in a while. Because I know Joe and OG alone won't do the trick, I'll throw out some trivia about this here podcast. And now, two guys who are just a couple of average guys... It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Wrong. I'm not the average guy. You're the average guy. I'm above average. I am Average Joe Money on Twitter. And based on the number of Twitter followers I have, I'm way above average. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Egos for the Win podcast. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and this is a show ostensibly about money, and it's actually a show that we're calling OG episode number one because we're welcoming people into the community. We've done, well, a lot of episodes of the Stacking Benjamin Show at this point, and never have we tried to put it together and tell people exactly what the hell might be going on here. So I'm super jealous about your Twitter followers. If you want to follow me on Twitter so I can catch up to Joe, <laughs> smash that like button, hit the bell. I don't know. I just watch a lot of YouTube. That's what they say on that. I don't know what that any, any of that means, but um, yeah, we should do, we should do the first episode because our real first episode was probably pretty bad. I don't Do you have it somewhere still? I, it, that'd be so painful. We don't want to bring that up. <laughs> we do not want to bring that up. So three things. The first one's a negative. Do not go look for our first episode. The second thing is follow, follow not the fake OG on Twitter. And the third thing is if you own or rent your home, fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. Geico.com easy. You know, what's funny about that. Remember all those times like, Hey Geico, if you want to sponsor the Stacky Benjamin show, <laughs> Joe, it's Stacky Benjamin's. They actually called us. They did. They yeah. called us. Well, we're better than the lizard. It's about time for us to take out that uh, 
that lizard gecko. Yes. We are going to be the new Geico spokespeople, but not today. Today, we're going to take you through the Stacky Benjamin's Creed, tell you exactly why we make the Stacky Benjamin show and really how to think about your money. That's what today's all about, our philosophy. So let's get this party started. If you want to follow the home game of today's episode, head to Stacking Benjamins, and there you'll find our complete show notes pages for every episode. By the way, since we're taking people through this OG, our show notes are very much expanded. And if there is a guest that you like, if there's a book that you're interested in that we talked about or a movie or a TV show, what we try to do is give you a few other suggestions on the show notes now so that you can do even more reading on that topic. You know, if you're a reader, not like you would go there. I have books and you can see behind me because we're doing, you and I are doing this in the basement. I thought that those are, those are props. We put those there behind you as props. No, not at all. These are the books that I've purchased that I still have to read. This is my reading list. You're way, you are way behind brother. (laughs) I am way behind. (laughs) There's a lot there. But if you want to follow along today, not only can you go to our show notes page, but if you go to our about page, click the button that says a little about us, scroll down, and we're going to talk about something very important to the show and how we make the show called the Stacking Benjamins Creed. But before we get there, let's talk about the show art, because a question we get from new listeners all the time, why does OG have a bag over his head? <laughs> I wonder that too. It's funny, the stuff that you do. Sometimes it sticks and then you can't unwind it very well because people just attach it to it. So, OG, then tell us, enlighten us. Why is there a bag over your head, man? Well, the real answer for the bag is we were screwing around doing pictures and that stuck. But before that, you know, you and I have done this for nine and some change years, I guess. Does that sound about right? Give or take. And before that, we had a website that we ran that we did terribly at and then and then before but we've known each other a really long time and when we were thinking about stacking benjamins i think one of the things that was important to me at the time was i didn't want it to be a marketing pitch for og's planning firm you know i thought that you could kind of see through that and if we kind of thought about it there's an article or a series of articles a long time ago in money magazine where it was the undercover cfp do you remember that yeah it was like the spy versus spy uh, let's talk about this. And also around that time, Fox had that magician who would show you all the tricks. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, we thought that, okay, we're not in, in this for a marketing pitch for my planning business. So let's just make it so that there's no way to kind of confuse the two. And, 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 and uh, <laughs> that was super easy to do. And then it kind of stuck. And let's also be completely 100% transparent. We just wanted to geek out about some financial headlines, talk finance, and we really didn't think anybody was going to listen. Like we, we never thought that anybody was oh, going I, I to. Mean, it's unbelievable to me that as many people do, I tell a story, you tell a slightly different one, but similar that I remember when we had 64 people listen the day that it had 64 downloads. And I was like, that is an entire room 
like a huge room full of people. Like how amazing is that? 64 people. And like probably 58 of them were you and me like hitting refresh. And It's so funny. We went from 64 to 68 the next episode. And Paula, whenever I start getting worried about numbers, any type of numbers, right? Yeah. Paula Pant, our friend who's on the show every Friday, uh, she runs a great podcast called Afford Anything. Paula always writes me an email that includes that original email from me where I'm ecstatic ecstatic about us going from 68 to 69 listeners. Yeah. Just absolutely. Cause you're right. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of people, but anyway, we are not, uh, we've never been worried about that. What we're worried about is entertainment, but we're not yeah. worried about entertainment because of the fact that we're just playing around. And even though if you listen to most episodes of the show, it sounds like we're just goofing off. There's actually a method to our madness. And I thought that we'd go through that today with the stacking Benjamin's creed. There are six pieces to our creed and the one that we have on top and it's on top for a very important reason is personal finance is personal. We're all trying to stack Benjamins. Everybody's trying to stack Benjamins. And I think, OG, this is at the top of the list because of the fact that there's well over 300 million people in the United States alone. People listen to us in 48 different countries. I have no idea. The, the worldwide, pop, what is it? 7 billion people, 7.1. Closing in on eight from what I understand. Ish, 8 billion people. We'll ask them to count themselves tomorrow. The to uh, accurate number. One. We going to, we going to, uh, oh, two, sorry. There you go. Thanks. Everybody else just follow along. <laughs> it's your turn, Earl. Earl, <laughs> it's your turn. Uh, there's so many people. And, and once we realize that everybody, no matter how you're going about it, is just trying to get one step further ahead and we're all on the same journey, I think it changes the tone. We never wanted to be a podcast that yells at people. We never want to be a podcast that admonishes people. We want to do something that's challenging, I think, especially in this business we want to show people that there isn't just one right way to do things. Yeah. Well, that's so true because everybody's got a different experience path and everybody's got a different journey that they're on. I was having a conversation a couple of days ago with somebody who said something like, what should be my goal in my 401k in terms of savings? And I said, well, I don't know, <laughs> you know, all of it, you should put all your money away. I, I, like there is no rule of thumb that makes sense. You know, people say, well, you should do this or you should do that. I said, well, it really matters on what you find most important. If you say, hey, what's most important to me right now is making sure that I got enough money for save for a down payment on my house and I got to get my kids started for their college fund. Well, you, you just can't do all of those things generally and also max out your retirement accounts or whatever. And so the people who are on, you know, one side of the equation who are like, you must do all this stuff, maxing out this and you got to da, 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 discounting the fact that that might not be as important to you right now. And so I think it's really important to recognize that everybody's financial planning journey is going to be different. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things in the past that we wish we wouldn't have sometimes like me twice. And you just are where you are. And it's like you said, it's about doing the next best thing. I like what you're talking about, though. It's about process. And we quote a few books often on this show. I never knew this book impacted me as much as it did uh, when I read it. When I read it, I thought, yeah, it's pretty good. But man, I go back to this over and over and over. It's a book by a guy named Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. What you're talking about, OG, is one of his habits, which is begin with the end in mind. 
start off with where do you want to go and then work backwards and you're much more likely to get there. Yeah. And when you have a clear understanding of what your goal is, it makes it easier to make decisions. You're, you're a Disney freak. I think that's fair to say. And you're a big fan of the Disney quote, you know, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And that's true when it comes to money too. When you have an idea of what you're trying to shoot for, it becomes really easy to figure out where do you want to put the savings or investment opportunities that you have without feeling like, oh, I'm letting go of this or I'm, I'm not doing that or so many places online in particular and all these other places, books and whatever that are, you know, if you're 35, you should have one and a half times your income in retirement assets or you're behind. It's like, well, not really. Not if you've got a good cash reserve, no debt, and you're building a fund to put a down payment on a house. Like, how would you also do those other things? And there's nothing wrong with that, that path either. I thought you were referring to the phrase that I really like called whistle while you work. I thought you were going to go with that one. That's, that's the important one. Actually, you know what? I do like that phrase too. And I think it, it plays in here, which is often, especially when it comes to money topics, we see when we see people click on our downloads for different shows, we see a lot of people that are, are thinking clearly by the shows that are downloaded the most of ours. How do I get to a place where I will finally be happy? And what I love about Whistle While You Work is that have some fun with where you are right now. Like learning this stuff is fun, right? Being where you are today is fun. The journey is fun. You win a race. How long do you celebrate it before you start thinking about, ah, I think I'd go a little faster or now I got to defend my title. As I've never won a race in my entire life, I have no idea. I did one time. Uh, that's not true. I, I have won races, but I've lost way more than I've won, like probably most racers. And uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I was racing in the regional championships for the 300 meter hurdles. I was kicking everyone's rear end and I ate it on the last hurdle. And the top two people went to state and I finished third crawling because I, I was smoked. I couldn't get up anymore after that. And you could hear the crowd. Oh. <gasps> And it was just such a letdown. So uh, that ended my track career at the illustrious age of 16. That's when things started going south for OG. And finally, he ended up here. It's the worst <laughs> place possible. Now he just tries to whistle while he works. Yeah, that's right. All the way to the next thing. Our second piece of our creed is this. We all have different opinions about money. We can discuss our differences without being obnoxious with each other. And as we record this, we just had an election. And I got to say, I saw one or two people being obnoxious, maybe <laughs> slightly obnoxious. There were two candidates, right? They were both obnoxious. <laughs> I'm not talking about the candidates. Oh, as well. I see. I can deal with the candidates. I can't deal with the 300 million people on Facebook being obnoxious to each other when, when they like each other uh, every other way. And we have those in order on purpose. First is you realize that everybody's trying to get ahead. Everybody's trying to get ahead. So we're all on the same journey. And then the second thing is we, we don't need to yell at each other about our money. And if somebody's making a mistake, how much better is it to put your arm around them? Say, you know what? I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. I'll help you. Then it is to go, man, that was a dumb move. Why'd you make that dumb move? You're stupid. I don't know where I picked this up at years ago, but this is all I've done as an adult it had to have been some mentor person, you know, at American Express years and years and years ago that said, people don't come into your office to get bashed on the head for the decisions that they've made in the past. You already know 
if you've got credit card debt, you know it and you know it sucks and you know you want out of it and you know you probably shouldn't have bought the sweater or whatever the thing is. You don't need me to tell you that it's really dumb. You need me to help you get out of it, help help you fix it. I've always thought that if we visit with people now, of course, mostly on the phone and virtually, but but nevertheless, you want to have a good experience. And if And if every time you went to your advisor's office, all you did was get bashed on the head for the bad decisions you've made in the past, you're not going to want to come back. And I think that's true on the podcast too. If all we did was just talk about all the stupid things people do and none of the redemption, it wouldn't be educational. And I think it's fine for us to talk about the stuff that we've done in the past because everything that you could possibly do wrong with money, I've figured out a way to do twice. We're there with you. And don't get me wrong. We will point out people who are crooked. <laughs> we, we will point out. Well, yeah, there's a difference between making a mistake. Yeah. An error in judgment. The other thing is, is that when you're doing those things, when you're in the moment, I, I really seriously doubt that the vast majority of people who are making financial mistakes are intentionally making that mistake, right? Like they're making the best decision at the time with the information that they have. You know, you see these people who, you know, are in their 30s and they have $300,000 of student loans and people go, oh, that was a terrible idea. It's like, do you think that when the guy was 20 or the gal was 20 going through college, you think they're like, you know what I should do? I should figure out a way to ruin my financial life when I'm in my 30s. What should I do? Oh, I know. I'm going to take out $100,000 of student loans. No, like you you did it and you're like, this is the only choice I have. Mom and dad didn't save money or, you know, I didn't get any grants or scholarships or whatever. And this is the choice that I have now. And so you made the best one that you can. So now make the next best choice, which goes to the previous point of we're all just trying to get ahead. Another book that uh, OG references often, and I finally, finally just started reading is uh, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. And in that book, he talks about what we're talking about right now, OG, which is resistance about how the problem with anything you're trying to do is not is not doing it, not going through it. It's actually sitting down to get there. So the problem with your budget is not that you have the numbers wrong inside of your Excel spreadsheet. The problem is sitting down with that blank Excel spreadsheet and actually starting it. The thing that's wrong with your money discussion isn't that you and your your partner, your spouse, that you're not communicating effectively. The problem is you never have the discussion. And like you said a second ago, we all know that. And what I love about Stephen Pressfield is he said the resistance. He talks about how resistance will kick your butt and about how resistance to, to get this stuff started is the enemy. And he said that you should use resistance as your North Star. Whatever it is where you feel the resistance, you know, like you said, you know, you've got credit card debt, you know it, you feel it in your, in your gut that this is bad. That should be the first thing that you pay attention to. After you're done with War of Art, you can read Gates of Thermopylae, which by the way, I made it six pages in before I was like, I can't read this. It's got all these <laughs> Greek names in there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if these are places or people. Is that the deal? You want me to read it for you that, and then tell you what happens? Well, I'll save you the read. It's what's based on the movie 300. Ah. So if you saw 300. Spartans. You kind of read the book. <laughs> that's, a, that's a loose interpretation of movies to books ratio. But <laughs> my son is reading <laughs> The Princess Bride for his English class right now. He's like, it's actually kind of good, Dad. I'm like, you ever seen the movie? He's like, no. So we watch the movie. He goes, all right. So that's what happens this whole thing? And I'm oh. Like, oh. But that is a case where the movie is phenomenal. 
Yeah. And the book is even way better. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, now be careful. I said, the teacher's going to know the parts that aren't in the movie. Yes. So don't be skipping the book part because they test you on that. You know, there's this line, there's this line in the movie that is, well, how many famous lines are there in that movie? Hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. What I love about the book is it explains how he killed Inigo Montoya's father, which never makes the movie, right? The movie has all of this revenge. I'm Inigo Montoya. Instead, there's a whole chapter about his dad and about how he got killed. And it is, I won't spoil it, but it's, but it's well worth your son's read. Got it. Okay. I should read it too then. Oh, it's so, so I think it's funny to watch that movie and then go look where all those characters are now. So the guy who was Montoya, right? The Spaniard uh, sword guy. Oh, that's Saul Berenson from Homeland. The roles, the diverse roles that he has played over his yeah. career, he's he's got to be one of the best living actors. Mandy Patinkin, slash Saul Berenson, slash slash Anita Inigo Montoya. Montoya. <laughs> I get frustrated whenever I see people online though admonishing other people about their money, and this is where I think our expertise comes in. And what you will also not hear on the Stacking Benjamin show a ton is us going deep into our uh, backgrounds. But we we listen to plenty of podcasts that are by investment professionals. We prefer to play around. We will talk about that more later because that's further down in the creed. But here's the thing. I get frustrated when I see somebody who's doing something in their mind completely right. They're admonishing somebody else who they think is doing something completely wrong. And they've maybe seen two or three or four articles about the thing. OG has probably helped. And, and I'm going to say this without asking you, but, but, but I would guess you probably helped 500 people retire already, like already go through the, the retirement gates, finish a career and go into retirement. You've seen it 500 times. I was only a financial planner for 16 years, so I did not see it as much as OG has seen it, but I've seen people retire a lot and help them retire a lot, which is why it frustrates me when I see someone so passionate about the fact that their way is the only way to get somewhere. I was going to say, you see this in like investment selection and asset allocation stuff. You have to invest in this. You have to invest in that. You cannot invest in that. You cannot invest in that. And it's okay to be passionate. Just this part of the creed says, don't be obnoxious about it. You know, say, hey, have you ever thought about might be, might be a better idea. Our third piece of passive aggressive. It's way easier. (laughs) Don't be obnoxious. Just be passive aggressive. Have you ever thought about, um, I don't know, uh, saving some of the money that you earn every day instead of putting it all on your credit card debt and going negative every month? I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. I had a manager when I was a brand new financial planner, all the stuff we talked about, a financial planner and people not coming back. He was the antithesis of all that. And I learned so much from him about what I didn't want to do. Yeah. And, and when he would just get frustrated with a client, he goes, so you told me those credit cards came from hospital expenses. Um, I'm looking at the statement here. It says you went to Wendy's and put it on your credit card. You don't look sick. I did not know. I did not know. So is the Wendy's part of the, uh, part of the operating room? He would literally say that. 
Is Wendy's a part of the operating room? Yeah, oh, that's I see. Bashing on your head, I'm never coming back. Part. Oh, 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 it was, it was horrible. I wanted to give him the finger, and I'm sitting next. I'm sitting right next to the guy. Thought it was horrible. All right, the last one here before we take a break at the halfway point. Everybody, and this is the key. While we're a light podcast, we are not always a podcast for beginners, and the reason for that is. Step three on the creed. Everyone doesn't start at the same place with money. We'll explain the basics and talk about more advanced topics. And there's actually a reason for that too, which is when I'm diving into a topic for the first time, I like getting engulfed in some of the advanced topics. I don't always know what the hell they're talking about. I'm not really sure, but, but I like the fact that there's some depth to it. And I know then what the learning curve is going to be. And I also start trying to figure out some of the terms. It's like the first time I went to Paris and I'll tell you, there's nothing better about learning a foreign language. There's no better way to learn one than to go there and have to try to speak to people in a foreign language. And I'll tell you, you pick up phrases very, very quickly when you, when you don't know very much of the language. And I think it's the same with any language. And so parts of our show will always, always talk to people that are beginning we're also going to use the fact that we're a light podcast OG to explore some more advanced topics. So we will talk about how fees get structured. We will talk about how financial planners get paid. We will talk about what goes on behind the scenes at your favorite brokerage account. We'll talk about some of these much more advanced things. We're not going to always talk about get out of debt, get a budget and get your emergency fund in place, which are probably the first three things everybody needs to do once they figure out where they're headed. I like the analogy of trying to get get in, involved in it, but unfortunately, Apple has solved your problem. I don't know if you've downloaded the new iOS, but uh, now you don't have to learn new languages. Oh. Comment puis-je écouter le podcast Stacking Benjamin? See, now you just go, how do I listen to the Stacking Benjamin's podcast? And you type it in here and it tells you. And then how do you say... Écouter le podcast Stacking Benjamin? She says it way nicer than we do. Yeah. We got to replace, replace Doug with her. Of course, if you happen to find yourself in uh, Russia and you're trying to find the Stacking Benjamins podcast, you can just do this. How do I listen to the Stacking Benjamins podcast in Russian? Japan, because we're going to be going there to visit my daughter. You're going to go to Japan. Yes. Yep. Japanese. Okay. I love Puddle it, it even It even writes it out for you. Can you see that? That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? Puddle Casto. Puddle Casto. <laughs> that sounds like, I got to be honest, Apple, that one sounded like BS. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is O, the O, Puddle right. Casto? <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like a really bad, really bad uh, interpretation. I think that might be Pig Latin. <laughs> it sounded a little bit like it. I clicked the wrong button. I like this one here too, because, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to that financial planning journey, I think that everybody wants to know that there's another thing and it sounds, it can be overwhelming, right? You can say, you know, this journey has so many pieces to it or it has so much stuff going on that I'll never get done, which is kind of also true with money, right? Like there's never, there's never an end. It's, you know, you're always trying to do better. But by the same token, I think it's important to know that there's a progression. There's a logical progression of 
I do these things, I do these things, I do these things, and I can kind of move down this path. And I can see that there's people ahead of me who have done those things already. I can see that there's people behind me that are where I was five years ago. And so it kind of affirms or reaffirms, I think, the uh, decision that you're making of embarking on this journey, you know, with of personal finance. Well, do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, it's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Well, I hope that's explained a lot about what we're doing here at the Stacking Benjamins show basement. We'll talk about why we do this from mom's basement in the second half of the show. But right now, a feature that we always have in the middle of our show, Doug brings us some of his scintillating trivia. Hey, stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And now that I've got a little more time, let me introduce myself. I'm the actual person in charge around these parts. That's right. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, is definitely the boss. If anyone tells you different, well, like Joe's mom says, jealousy can be an ugly thing. Got me? (laughs) All right. See that over there? Well, that's Joe's dad, Shortwave. Usually, Joe and OG sit over there at that rickety card table under that dangling light, but I boot these guys out whenever I need to steal the show, keep you all entertained, so you can keep coming back to hear my award-winning five-star trivia. You might occasionally hear Joe's mom out and about, and usually she's grinding my gears about something I should or shouldn't be doing. But once again, good manners says to keep your comments to yourself if you got nothing nice to say. Speaking of which, I've been coming down here to do the trivia for quite some time. But did you know the name of the podcast hasn't always been the same? So today's trivia question is this. What was the name of the first version of the Stacking Benjamin show? Oh, and bonus points if you can guess the year that podcast debuted. I'll be back with your answer faster than you can make your own hit podcast. Seriously, people, it takes a long time. Well, if you pay your credit cards off every month like you should, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit. They should have, it should say magically. It totally should be. They missed it. Do I have to copy edit everything (laughs) with no limit on how much you can earn? How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the United States, OG, that take credit cards, take Discover. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com.com. I would probably pronounce that .com usually. But once again, I'm riffing, baby. Discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Imprinted online, the New Yorker stands apart for its commitment to accuracy, quality writing, and compelling reporting and storytelling. New Yorker, of course, considered by many people to be one of the most influential publications in the planet. I remember seeing New Yorker cartoons, OG, from the 1920s. Like, if there's anything that people know, it's that New Yorker cartoon. The style of that, right. It, it, It is. 
The New Yorker's weekly print issues and daily online articles cover a full range of topics, something for everybody. News, international affairs, climate change, the environment, pop culture, the arts, fiction. My favorite in here is food. I also like the humor in there. And of course, we we mentioned the cartoon. By the way, when when Cheryl and I get the New Yorker, she always takes it to do the crossword puzzle. And then I get it after the crossword puzzle's done, which is incredibly frustrating. But the New Yorkers become a crossword puzzle if you had to. So <laughs> I don't think you're missing out on much. I could, I, that's that's true. Anything other over the four letters, you're screwed, buddy. <laughs> I just nice try. I just oh, this is multiple syllable. Pass. The New Yorkers become the daily digital destination for news and cultural coverage, publishing 10 to 15 exclusive site only stories every day. In addition to that, you can use their apps, read from the online archive dating all the way back, as I mentioned, to 1925, which means you can solve all the old crossword puzzles to Cheryl and more in both print and online digital issues. The New Yorker is content from the best writers in America today. I'm going to get back to that, but I'll tell you a couple things that uh, I've liked in The New Yorker recently. How the coronavirus hacks the immune system. At a laboratory in Manhattan, researchers have discovered how the SARS-CoV-2 uses our defenses against us. Just knowing about how this thing works, the science behind it, incredibly interesting. Also, recently, and I think I talked about this one last time, but man, I liked it. 62 films that shape the art of documentary filmmaking. How many times have we had documentarians on here talking about their films? Of course, we even have hosted an opening of one of our favorite documentaries, Playing With Fire. We also talked to both the filmmakers, Rickens and Shakespeare, about making the making of the movie on this show. But looking at documentaries over time, just an absolutely fascinating look. For a limited time, you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6. That's a savings of 50%. Plus, stackers, you're going to get an exclusive tote bag for free. Head to newyorker.com slash SB. That's N-E-W-Y-O-R-K-E-R dot com slash S-B. I'm glad they spelled out New Yorker. I'm, I'm sure most of us don't know how to spell New York. N-E-W-Y-O-R-K-E-R dot com slash S-B. 12 weeks of the New Yorker for just $6 and a free tote bag. NewYorker.com slash S-B. Hey, trivia fans. I'm your pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I guess I should level with you, though. I couldn't be the star you've come to expect without a stellar team behind the scenes. You'll probably see the leader of that crew, Gertrude, hanging out in the basement Facebook group. Feel free to head over there for your dose of bad jokes and financial questions. Hey, oh, seriously, Joe, have you been using this rickety card table the whole time you've been doing this podcast? I think it's time to head on over to the dump and get a new one. Oh, which reminds me, I should get back to today's trivia. Question was, what was the name of the first version of the podcast? Oh, and bonus points if you can guess the year that podcast debuted. That's no wonder they changed the name of the first podcast because it was called The Worst of the Free Financial Advisor. And it first aired in 2012. They switched that name up to the totally not generic Two Guys in Your Money uh, until we finally settled on this near-winner name that we have today. All in all, this thing's been going for over a thousand episodes between all three of those shows. And in February, this show alone will reach 1,000 episodes. Now that you're all stacking Benjamin's history savants, I gotta go so I can figure out how I'm gonna wrap up yet another episode of this thing. 
How long are we doing this for again, Joe? Oh yeah, okay, all right, see ya. And there are days, OG, when it feels like it's been that long, and there's days when it doesn't. That's right. Gosh, that was a terrible name, wasn't it? What was meant to be, just so people know, it was meant to be a terrible name, as you know, because we had no idea what we were doing. We knew that that wasn't our permanent name. We'd already procrastinated for a year, and we knew we just needed to get started, right? We just had to do it. So we decided to call it, our website was called The Free Financial Advisor. We decided to call it the worst of the free financial advisor because it was the worst thing we'd ever done. And, and And like 11 people listened to it. 10 of them were you and me. We decided that it was going to be 13 episodes long because 13 is an unlucky number. And that's about a good preseason length, you know? Yeah. And then we rebranded to two guys in your money, which we thought was a much better name. Super clever too. Yes. Nobody has a name like that. Yeah. And then we got, uh, and actually 13, I thought was pretty clever and funny. Two guys in your money got to about episode 60 and we knew that it needed a better name. We knew we needed to change the format some. And, uh, so we rebranded again to stacking Benjamins. But what's funny is we thought we were going to go a little longer and unintentionally it petered out on episode 69. Petered out, huh? English language is a funny thing. Hey, uh, let's get back into our creed. The fourth piece of the Stacking Benjamins Creed is this, and this is something I never understand, is why more people don't talk about money. They say in polite company, don't talk about three things, money, religion, politics. We just went through the politics thing. I had the 30-day snooze, a good portion of the people that I know who decided that, no, I'm talking politics. What's 30-day snooze? You don't know that? Oh, best button ever. So if somebody has a bunch of posts that you just don't want to see them for a while, and there's an event coming up like an election, there are dots down on the side of Facebook. You click on the dots and there's a bunch of options. And one option is snooze so-and-so, whoever's posted is for 30 days. And for 30 days, you won't see anything that they say. So if there's an event coming up 28 days later, use the 30-day snooze. And then everything's, everything's much better. How do I 30 day snooze you like just in normal life? Is there, or do you have three dots somewhere? <laughs> I do. It's called don't show up for podcasting time. Yeah. All of a sudden it's the, uh, Hey, where's OG? Hey, 30 day snooze the 30 show. Day snooze. <laughs> that's that's what I'm going to, that's what I call my free days from now on. There, there are times when I want a 30 day snooze. Mm-hmm. If I could 30 You've day snooze, it, that would be You've great. But, but there's three things people don't talk about. Politics, get that one. Religion, get that one. Money, I don't understand why not. I mean, in the braggadocia way, I don't like it, which brings up part four of our creed, which is there's nothing embarrassing about money. Let's talk about our wins and losses so we can all learn from them. And sometimes I think people are surprised about how willing we are, OG, to talk about our mistakes and how often we want to have people on the show talking about mistakes. 99% of the time, they're professionals or people who should have known better, but didn't. And they made a mistake. Cause I think, I think learning from mistakes is a great thing. And, and I have to tell you from my mistakes, initially it was very difficult to talk about my mistakes. And now when I meet people who have listened to the show for a long time and they say, you know what, I, I can't believe how freely you talk about all the mistakes you made with your money. 
it doesn't come easy. I'll tell you, it does not come easy. But after a while, you learn to realize that that's not me tomorrow. That's not me today. That was me 20 years ago. And like most people, I touched the stove and I learned from it. Or like me, I touch the stove and then touch it again, and touch it again, <laughs> touch it again, touch it again. Is that hot? I think that's hot. It's still hot. I'm fairly certain still that's still hot. Still is burning me. No, I don't think it can be understated the importance of of recognizing the reality of you know where you're coming from, whether it's a good place or a not so good place. You know, listening to stories or reading books. You know, the best books that you enjoy the most, the stories that you enjoy the most, the movies that you watch the most always have a person in them that overcomes some issue. And if you're watching Star Wars, how motivating would the story have been if Luke was born a prince and already had, you know, knew all of his Jedi skills and, you know, required no training and, you know, it's, it's not a story. It's not a thing. And and when you read books, you don't you don't reach for the one that's like, and this rich guy fell into good luck. And this, in fact, how many times do you hear the story about the person who does get lucky, like ridiculously lucky, randomly, like finds the Bitcoin wallet with a hundred million in it or something. And you just go, what? Come on, man. <laughs> like, like, why can't I find a random Bitcoin wallet or, or, you know, have the rich uncle that dies and gives me all the money to start with. That story is more frustrating to me, the people that get lucky, because I find that often people chase that, right? They chase yeah. luck. They say, hey, how can I do this quickly and get rid of the pain instead of chasing the systems, which is the real way to get rid of the pain, chasing the systems that will make you wealthy. It's setting up automation, setting up systems, those things that actually light the fuse, not winning the lottery. And even worse than that is the winning the lottery and then telling everybody how, how your strategy was to win the lottery. You know, it's like, so I played every Friday and you, you know, you're like, that's not a motivating story. But part of it is, you know, I get the shame part, right? Where you kind of feel upset about maybe some decisions that you've made in the past. We've all done it. Every single person. That's a broad generalization. I should back off that a smidge. Most people. <laughs> How's that one? Most people have done dumb things with money that they wish they wouldn't have done gotten a credit card debt, bought a car they shouldn't have, bought too big of a house, all those things. We've all spent money on things that we don't need or want. Some people do it more, you know, but it is what it is. And and if you can take a look at it from the perspective of here's where I am. And like we were talking about a little bit earlier, that journey, recognizing that there's people on the journey ahead of you who have made the same mistake, but look where they are, they're way up there. And then you could also turn around and go, well, there's the people behind me who, who are making the same mistakes I used to make. But let me show you the other side of this. You know, I think that's super important. She can help them but pay it forward. You know, when we were designing the show, part of our frustration of the show was we'd worked together before, just to give people a bit of history. We'd worked together before. We worked on the radio before, and we had had a lot of fun doing that. But when we're talking about doing a podcast, now we really need to figure out what our methodology of teaching was going to be and how we were going to do the podcast and really what we wanted to be and what we didn't want to be. And the frustration that you and I had was neither one of us. And, and by the way, no knocking them with this sentence. Neither one of us wanted to be Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman. 
we did not want to be somebody that you called up and we were the money God with a halo on. And I, and I'm not even saying that that's Dave Ramsey or that's Susie Orman, but somebody that's going to judge you about your money and show you how to do it better based on me being phenomenal with money and you being somebody who's coming to the altar of OG and Joe, hoping that we can solve your problem for you. That's but th- if you want to come to my altar, <laughs> that is, that is not, I wasn't supposed to laugh there. Was I, that is not at all what we wanted to have. And then as I was uh, mowing my lawn one day, I was listening to click and clack these two brothers who had a show for a long time on NPR. In fact, they still play past episodes on NPR called car talk. And I realized that I was listening to a show that I absolutely loved ostensibly about cars, but I wasn't learning. I wasn't learning crap about a car. And I remember calling you and saying, I've got the perfect idea for a show. And we'll get back to that one later. We want to talk about mistakes and we want to learn from each other. I think opening up a little bit about money and and I know people on both sides, OG struggle with that new people to this show, new people are finally starting to pay attention say, you know, how do I talk to my family about the struggles I'm having? Or how do I talk to other people about the struggles I've having without feeling like I'm a lesser person? And on the other side, if you're good with money and you want to talk about it, how do I talk about it without coming off as a bragger or how do I, mm-hmm. you know, being the, the money know-it-all, you know, Hey, so anyway, I was using the 4% rule and the rule 72 so that I could calculate on my spreadsheet here to take a look at this bill. No, no. Talking about mistakes, having fun with it. Oh, this cool app on my phone that I got. Check this out. I can actually tip myself instead of tipping the waiter at the restaurant. Well, I still tip the waiter at the restaurant, but I can tip myself as well. cheap SOB. (laughs) That's right. I didn't tip the waiter. I tipped me because I showed up (laughs) at that restaurant. Wouldn't that be horrible? You'd be on on Reddit. And by the way, tip yourself at the time we're recording. This is a real app. Uh, We have a Friday FinTech segment because of the fact that we want to have fun and talk about things on your phone and uh, two guys in Chicago. Uh, the tip yourself app where you go out for a run for a couple of miles, tip yourself some money, put it in a vacation fund. You're tipping everybody. Our next one, number five on this list is fun and play beats preaching any day, brother, any day. And this is, this is actually a frustration that I have, OG, is that people think that you and I are just clowning around and you read some of our reviews and people are like, I wish I'd, I wish I'd stop clowning around and I wish I'd be much more serious about money. Let's be clear here. You and I, very serious very, very serious about financial education, but we've done a lot of work on the science of play and there is a whole science of play. And I strongly believe that the only way that we empower more people to be good with their money is first you get them interested and you don't get them interested by sitting down with the spreadsheet and going 4% rule, uh, rule 72 bill to take a look at my spreadsheet. You, you don't do that. I'm going to keep doing that voice over and over if you don't mind. It is super annoying, but... Uh, oh, perfect there, OG. That's so fantastic. If you think that the listenership is going up during that, uh, just keep doing it. If you think maybe people are t- tuning it out, maybe you stop. Uh, I just realized that's also the voice when I'm, when I'm trying to do my Guy Raz impression. This is how I built this, Guy Raz. You know, I thought it was the uh, Simpsons professor... It probably should be because it doesn't sound anything like Guy Raz. It it doesn't. No, it, it, it's way off from it that. Totally does. But not. I could go Simpsons professor voiceover. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe close. there. I don't know. Yeah, a little close. 
having studied all this stuff for a long time and school and other places, you know, there's only so much that you can learn from the books component of it. Let me tell you how impressive I am. I have a huge library of books, a wall of books. No, I'm just kidding. But we but just I, went through yeah. that you have this stack of books right behind you that you haven't I read. But I have a lot so, that I have read. So but yeah, so is, G has a lot of books. But, but the thing is, is that thinking about human behavior and studying how people make decisions and how other people can help other people make decisions, you and I have spent a lot of time on over the years, uh, both professionally from an advisor standpoint and the podcast and there's only so much you can do from a, from a purely education standpoint. I heard this phrase some time ago, and I wish I could tell you who it was from, but if somebody knows, we can give credit to them in the show notes. The quote is this, if information was all that was required, we'd all be millionaires with six-pack abs. Because we all know it, right? We all know what to do. We all know that we probably shouldn't eat so much, or we probably should eat different food. We all know that we should do different things with our money. But just knowing it isn't good enough. We have to actually figure out a way, pardon the expression, to trick ourselves into doing the things the right way. And you came up with this phrase. I mean, I, I guess other people use it all the time, but the phrase of, you know, learning through play and recognizing that the more fun we have, the more you're open to having that discussion. You know, there's plenty of time to talk about employee stock ownership plans and talk about the best way to exercise your incentive options and all that. It's like that is totally important, but it's so boring to talk about. We do that a few ways. It's a little bit like uh, my addiction to board games. There's a board game, OG. I don't know if you've played Power Grid with a, have you played Power Grid? Yes. With you. I actually remember we were at Eric's house playing Power Grid. Okay. I don't uh, equate such great memories to playing Power Grid, but. Uh, but with but with Clink and Paws. You just put uh, I just put a lot of. I totally Every remember. On, did I win or probably not? Uh, I think you destroyed it. You were fantastic. What was the final score? A I, lot to a little? I don't remember. That must have been. That was amazing. How long ago was totally that? Totally amazing. That was before like, I moved to Texarkana the first time. That, that was like 15 years ago that that happened. So you have to say when I moved to Texarkana the first time. I know. I just did. I know. The redo. Uh, but Power Grid, if I tell, and I will tell everybody what this game's about, it is about developing a company of power plants and expanding your network of power plants. It's like monopoly with power plants, which sounds boring as all get out. What's interesting to me though, is when I play power grid, which believe it or not is a very fun game, you're upgrading your power plants from coal and oil to wind and solar. There's uranium fueled nuclear plants. There's, there's all kinds of different power plants in the game. And what I found, OG, is I don't learn much playing Power Grid, but you know what happens? Every time I'm flipping through media pieces and I see energy-related articles, I stop and read them now because I'm far more interested in energy now than I was before I started playing Power Grid. It brought me to the table, and that's what, what we're hoping for. The, the second thing is we are very interested in diversity. And I'm not talking about diversity like a corporate checkbox. I'm talking about diversity as if on Monday, we're going to talk about X on Wednesday, we're talking about something completely different. Just like you diversify your portfolio. We want to diversify this podcast for the same reason, because I feel like if we 
start off maybe with somebody who's an industry insider on Monday. On Wednesday, we have somebody that doesn't really know money, but has an interesting story. And then on Friday, we have a round table that's just basics of financial planning with three people who are money nerds, but aren't pros, but they've been in it for a long time. We've had a really diverse week and our chance of helping you achieve some sort or start down the road toward financial independence is, is one. I don't want to talk about the same thing every day. So we can learn from history. We can learn from, from uh, self-help people. We figure out how the brain works. We figure out how to earn more money. We spend better. We're going to talk to people that went through the gutter and had a really hard time. We're going to talk to people who manage millions of dollars for other people. And that's part of our creed. And it's part of the way that we use the science of play, hopefully to keep people going. So feels like we're messing around and don't get me wrong. Oh, gee, we're messing. Around. We are messing around, but there's a method to it, which brings us to the last thing, which is the culmination of all five of these pieces. Yes. We're always about surround sound, emphasizing surround sound, not education, much like the show that we styled this after. And don't get me wrong, there is nothing like our format that is like uh, Car Talk. Our inspiration, though, is Car Talk. Our format is a whole different story that would bore the hell out of most people. But our inspiration being Car Talk, we just want you to have surround sound. We want to be the airport. Instead of trying to be the last word in financial planning, let's be the first word. Let's show you a bunch of different airplanes and airlines, and you decide which one is best for you. Because as we started this conversation, OG, lots of different ways to do it. We're all trying to stack. And because we don't know where you're coming from, we're going to do some things that are light. We're going to do some things that are heavy. We're, we do this from mom's basement because it's more approachable from a basement. We have fun with the show because I think it's actually a better way to teach than heavy duty, in your face, financial data. So there's a method to the madness is what you're saying. Possibly. Just a smidge. Maybe. We're not just making this up on the spot. Well, well, you know. Well, we do make it up on the spot, I suppose. But we do put a little effort into it. Just uh, to say, you don't want to go too far, man. Don't want to go too far. All right. This has been episode one. We got a heck of a ride for you. Enjoy the shows, everybody. And at this point in the show, this is where we say this line. Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from our creed. Talking about your failures? Yeah, that's every bit as fun as talking about just how smart you are. Stay humble, people. Second, take another lesson from our creed. Deep dives don't happen until people want to learn. Find something that you enjoy enough to stick around, and then you'll become an expert over time. But the big takeaway... Don't start a podcast if you're looking to strike it rich. We've been on the next year we're moving out of mom's basement plan for almost a decade. A decade! Joe, seriously, we got to get out of here. Big thanks to you for hanging out with us. We'll be here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with more fun. Looking for more resources? Our show notes pages are brimming with more. Dive into other related episodes to the ones you like best or look for links to other related stories to the ones you heard us talk about. Head to stackingbenjamins.com for more. 
This show is created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Taylor Stevens, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just jumped the shark. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. Special thanks to Joe's mom for bringing down pork rinds and kookade for the show. Kookade? It's not Kool-Aid. It says kookade right there. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show, if you're new here, stays in the after show. And it's funny, we've had people say to us, I had a a person that wrote a letter going, hey, I noticed that you guys like have this minute of silence and then you start talking again. I'd love it if you got rid of the minute of silence. If you could just do that for me, that would be great. That's what the fast forward button's for. The after show was going to say, how the heck did we start this? I don't really remember. There's a podcast that I listen to because I, I, so I don't have a lot of time to play video games, but I really like video games and I like keeping up with what's new. And there's a show where they talk about the Xbox and it's the major, the major Nelson podcast and major Nelson used to have this after show that was this hidden track. And I never, and he doesn't do it anymore, but when he did it, I listened to that show for like six months and Cheryl and I were on our, uh, on our anniversary trip up to Leelanau Peninsula. We were staying at Black Star Farms. It was a beautiful vineyard. An amazing sign of romanticism to have your wife listening to the Major Nelson Xbox podcast <laughs> as you're trying to, you know, celebrate your anniversary. Like, hey, babe, I've got a really great idea. Let's take a long drive up to the Leelanau Peninsula. I'm going to put you at this fantastic bed breakfast and on the way it's about four hours but on the way i've preloaded the car with video game podcasts that's not at all what happened let me tell you what happened we got back (laughs) we got back from dinner what happened in my mind and that's what that's what i'm gonna go with oh no it's better we got back from dinner and she's like hey why don't you put a little something on the radio i said i got the perfect thing (laughs) i i know Leave it to me, sweetheart. There's a new Assassin's Creed game out. I want to hear all about it. What could be more romantic? <laughs>
here's what really happened. God, I love that. I love those noises. That's a new thing for us. Also, if you're new to the show, we we finally got these uh, these this this play toy. We should have been using this one the whole time. Every time we said something cool. So what really happened was I'm taking a shower in the morning and most people don't want to think about Joe in the shower, but I listen to podcasts while I shower. So there it is. So I turn on the major Nelson podcast. I'm already three quarters of the way through it. Right. And the podcast ends, but I'm in the shower, so I can't get out and turn it off. And this is the weird thing. It's silent for a while. And then all of a sudden these guys start talking and I'm like, who the hell's talking? I have no idea who's talking. Wait a minute. This is still, this is the podcast. And I get out of the shower and I realize they've had this thing called the after show. And I've been listening to this show for six months and I had no idea that when I stopped, the show kept going, except they would talk about technology. They would talk about things that they like, like the show was over. Right. And at this point, guys, by the way, the show's over. OG and I talk about video games, about movies, about TV shows, about what's going on with our kids, about uh, steak brother, weird things that happened to us, trips we took, anything not related to money, we save for this segment. So uh, I love getting the emails, OG, from, from people that are just like me. I never knew. I never knew. How long have you guys been doing that? I had no uh, idea. Really? 947 episodes. We just got done with a live event that we do a few times a year called The Stack. If you sign up for our email, The Stacker, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash stacker, you'll know when we have events. And uh, The Stack is like our live three ring circus. But we just got done with one of those. And you saw it, OG, when we performed the live after show. There were people in the audience then. Yeah. Th- they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's, what's, what's going on here? And then somebody said, who's a longtime listener, I believe it's uh, Colin said, hello, Colin, who we met in New York City at a meetup. Colin said, he's like, at this point, this is like the mandatory encore at a concert. And we're- Does that mean we have to start doing multiple after shows? No, I think you just do one. Oh, okay. But sometimes we've, we might do two. Who Sometime, knows? I Who don't knows? Know that we've ever done two, but but sometimes they're long. <laughs> sometimes they're like twenty five minutes. The show is the show's an hour, and then the after show is like, you know, twenty five more minutes. <laughs> it's so funny. And now, two guys who are just a couple of average guys. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. I'm not the average guy. You're the average guy. I am <laughs> above average. I'm from Lake Wobegon. I, I am only the average guy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to... <clears throat> I cannot get my throat clear. Unique New York. Unique New York. All right. Let's start that over. Here we go. Three, two, one. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. 
this Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.